I'm Walker Smith, class of 21, here with... Mr. Walton, class of something, yeah. Long time ago. Long time ago, that's right. All right, so the first question is, Mr. Yes. Walton, you're sitting, you're a senior in college, how do we get to where we are today? Well, it's not a very uh, straight, uh, you know, point A to point B story, much like history. Um, so in college, I studied um, history first. But I, I changed when I was like a junior, which I don't advise you to do in the future when you go to college. Um, I was a history major, but I didn't really enjoy the professors. They were kind of my grandparents' generation. I didn't like the way that they did things and just their vibe in general. And so I was already an English minor, thought about majoring in that, but then decided to pursue some of my other interests, which were what we used to call uh, radio TV film. So it was all those things um, with a primary focus on like film production, history, aesthetics, this kind of stuff, the most impractical things that you can study. And so that is what I had a degree in. And when I graduated from college, I got a job with PBS in DC um, working with the News Hour which is the nightly news program on PBS. And it was a really great experience that I foolishly decided to throw away by coming back to Texas. So I came back to Texas because a lot of my friends were in grad school. I was single. So I just wanted to hang out with the guys and have fun. Um, and so <laughs> I didn't really have a plan. So I decided to use my background working in news and so forth. Although that wasn't a production thing when I worked in DC, it was, uh, it was a journalism thing, not production. I just got a job as a TV like cameraman. And, <laughs> and so then uh, that ended up working out nicely because the first person I was put to work with was this young reporter who became my girlfriend and then my wife. And, um, and then there's a lot of stuff that happened. So anyways, like I did video stuff in varieties of ways, but I just didn't like it. It wasn't very much fun. It was all commercial and boring, nothing artistic. And so at the back of my mind, history and teaching had always been there. Um, and so I decided when my oldest child was almost, it was at that time to start figuring out where he was going to go to school. And so we started looking at schools around Fort Worth for him. And I, looking at, in particular, obviously, Country Day, as a parent, I thought, you know what, I need to teach, and I need to teach in a place like this. It's something that I really kind of came back to with the history stuff. And, um, and so I was self-employed, so I decided as a parent and a potential teacher, I will do some substituting, kind of spy on the school from both of those angles, and um, the first person to, to get back to me was um, Country Day. And I interviewed with the three division heads at the time, which was a little crazy. I was like, for a substitute job. And then I was very disappointed because John Stevens was the person that called me back. And he wanted me to be a middle school sub. And I was um, and am pretentious and snobbish. And I thought that that middle school was way beneath me. You know, I was like, I need to be teaching upper school. And so I subbed in the middle school, got to know 
Mr. Stevens and a lot of the teachers. Um, my son got into Country Day. Or no, I'm jumping ahead. But anyway, so I, I subbed. Got to know a lot of the kids. Then I went and got a job. The son, my son's last year of preschool. I got a job in public school, taught at McLean 6 for one year. And then I got the job at Country Day the same year that my son got into and started kindergarten. So that's how I got to Country Day. And then the rest is history? Uh, the rest is um, just nothing but roses and candy, bread and circuses, just love. Yeah. So what, sure. what, what was the other part there? It's basically so, just how you got to where you are right now. Yeah. So um, found out about the job through the admissions. The previous uh, uh, person that was in charge at admissions, she said, your husband's a teacher, right, to my wife. And um, they, they just had an opening in the history department for, or seventh grade history for middle school. And so obviously I had got to know Mr. Stevens and uh, that's where I got the job. So that was... Um, this is my seventh year at Country Day. Seven years? Seven years, yes. So five years I taught um, both seventh and eighth grade. This is my second year to only teach seventh grade. Um, so I really liked teaching seventh and eighth grade history, both because of the curriculum, but especially getting to teach two different levels of, you know, where the kids are and their development was really fun and interesting. And you got to know more kids, you know, so you get a certain amount of kids with uh in seventh grade and then you would get to teach another batch in eighth grade and so you yeah. got to know more kids and that was pretty cool um so now i'm just teaching seventh all right so one of the questions i got the most was the worst and the best thing you've seen a kid do uh the worst thing i've seen a kid do i'm probably not the best person to ask that question because my definition of worst is going to be a lot different than most teachers or adults in general um, I think the important, the important thing, especially when you teach middle school is, or history in general is, you know, if you teach history, you're rarely surprised by anything, whether it's cultural, political, or a child's behavior. Um, you know, and so most of the time I see kids doing things. It, it, I mean, there's a reason that I teach seventh grade. I mean, I said earlier that I was snobbish and thought middle school was beneath me. And ironically, this is a story that I tell, I've, I don't normally tell kids, but um, when, I came, when I was being interviewed by all the seventh grade teachers, Mrs. Raines basically called me out during the interview saying that I was like too cool and like too together and mature to be a middle school teacher, which I always like to remind her of because it's basically the opposite of what I actually am as a human being. Um, very immature and silly, but there's a reason that, you know, you have to teach middle school and be a middle schooler a lot, you know, you have to identify with these kids in a way and understand where they are in their development. And so the worst thing I've seen a kid do, you know, there's a lot of things that I probably shouldn't say on this. Um, I will think of, there's a lot of examples from your grade that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Worst, best, funniest, like inappropriate, but like kind of hilarious and on brand with that kid. Um, so I, I won't go into the worst story. Like, by the standard definition. Um, and this is going to sound weird, but I think if you listen carefully, it'll, it won't be as strange as it sounds. All right. So we were, when the seniors were in seventh grade, we went to Vicksburg for the field trip. And so that's always an interesting trip because, you know, you're having to be in a hotel with your teachers, with your students, 
and you're looking out for these kids or being with these adults in a way that's not typical to the relationship that you have. Um, and so <laughs> there's quite a few stories that I could think of from, from this class's trip there. But the one that jumps in my mind that was really funny was um, I couldn't find Paul Alexander and Paul was in my advisory. And so those were the kids that I was kind of like most in charge of on the trip where they were kind of like my core group. And so I couldn't figure out where Paul was, which wasn't that unusual, I guess, really, um, because when it comes to Paul, unusual is the usual. Um, and I say that with peace and love because, you know, if, if you really know me, you understand that that's how I express my affection is through sarcasm and um, making fun of you. Um, and so, so I couldn't find Paul. So we were at this weird park by the Mississippi River. And so I went into the bathroom where the boys have been changing into these costumes for their presentations. And I walk in, this is surely going to get edited out. And I walk in and Paul is standing in the bathroom, just like out in the open in his boxers, holding a bottle of liquor. <laughs> and, um, so Paul just looks at me with his Paul face, with his glasses, just like, you know, like not embarrassed that he's in his underwear or holding liquor, just looks at me and I said, Paul, what are you doing? And he said, I'm changing into my outfit. <laughs> and I said, well, I can understand. I, I see that, but why do you have a bottle of liquor? And he said, oh, don't worry. It's my dad's. And I said, what? Huh? And I said, you stole your dad's liquor and you have a bottle of liquor with you on the trip. And he said, oh, I poured out my dad's liquor and put water in it. It's a prop for my performance. And I said, oh, okay. Did you ask your dad if you could do that? No. And so then I don't know why that just sticks with me because it was so Paul and it was just like such a middle school thing that, you know, that I, there could be a million stories like that, but there's a lot that I could go into some other stories. Like there's another funny one of like, uh, I remember Bailey Harrell throwing up on the bus and so like I've stood in his vomit, like when you're on the field trip, you got to look out for kids. So like I had to clean Bailey Harrell's vomit. That's a connection right there. What? Yeah, That's exactly. A very personal connection. Exactly. And then he and another student, I don't remember who, like they came to my room that night, like really late because Bailey didn't feel good. You know, his tummy still hurt or whatever. And I use this story with kids when we go on the trip of like why you should always call the teacher instead of just showing up to the room. Like, I opened the door and I think I was just standing in my boxers and I was like, yes. And they said, uh, Bailey doesn't feel good. And I said, what do you want me to do about it? And they're like, we're okay. He'll go, we'll, we're going back to sleep. And so then the next morning he was fine. But yeah, so yeah. Any yeah those are the things? things that we think of when we sign up as teachers. Yeah. So it was the best thing that you've seen. As oh, the best too. thing, you know, honestly, and I'm not going to say this just to be like, to kiss up to a particular grade, but since this is who we're talking to, senior, talking about the seniors here in particular, because, um, you know, I, there's a lot of examples. I think as a whole, this grade, you know, averaging out, did a lot of things that you would be, that you would as a teacher consider best, like just kids that actually cared about what they were doing and put forth an effort and cared about pleasing their teachers, not in a way of, you know, trying to get better grades, but just trying to be engaging with, as a human being with their teachers. And it makes, 
it makes that relationship that you have as an educator, as a teacher, my, my brother always gets on to teachers calling themselves educators. Um, it's just one of the things that's really great about country day is that you make these connections with kids and then they, they carry over, you know, even if you only see them in passing here and there. Um, and so just in general, there was a lot of, you know, silliness in this grade, but the best thing, I mean, I've seen so many good things at country day and so many crazy things, of course, too, but, um, I might have to think about a specific example of the best thing. Um, but just in general, your grade was very, um, easy to work with and a lot of fun, you know, silly, res- but respectful at the same time. And unfortunately that can be said for every grade. Well, then I showed up sophomore year and uh, threw off And then the threw it all off. Exactly. Yeah. I was, I've heard rumors about like a variety of factors. I thought it was mostly just because, you know, kids went through puberty and finally started trying to act like they were cool. But I must have been, you were, it, it I must guess you're the common me. denominator. Yeah. yeah. So the next question is, what do you want your child to become? My own children? Yeah. yeah. Like I, so my dad was an attorney and he was, his, his, siblings they were the first to go to college from my from that side of the family and so my dad worked really hard and did really well for himself just like all his siblings did but then he kind of went the opposite way with us he just always encouraged us to pursue our interests and the things that we love in life you know i'm going to do the opposite of that with my kids um i'm going to encourage them to do that as a hobby um and I say, you know, because I think that you really do, even at a young age, you need to try to find not only what you like, but you need to find something that you can do to like to survive and live. Because no matter what you think, you're going to end up having a family of some shape or form. And money is not the key to all happiness, but neither is poverty. Um, so you need to try to find a balance between the two. Um, I really don't, I have three kids. And ultimately, I'm going to say what every parent says, like, I don't really care what they choose. I want them to choose something that's right for them, but I really want them to just uh, think about not only what do I like to do, but what is what can I do to really challenge myself and to, to be successful and not necessarily in terms of monetary success or popularity, but in order to live a good life, you need to be able to um, to meet the basic needs and things that you have. I just want them to be good human beings, of course, but as far as what particular fields they go into, um, I'm not going to push them in one direction or the other. Um, that's up to them unless they choose something stupid, like studying film in college. Yeah. Something like that. I would definitely advise not doing or live audio design. Yeah. I mean, but look, here's the thing. There's, uh, somebody has got to do those things, but if you're going to do it, you really got to like, you know, push yourself all the way because yeah you know, seemingly in this world now with, you know, with whatever it is online, there's a lot more venues for people and there's a lot more people competing for whatever jobs are out there. Um, and so, um, if you have an interest in something like that, whether it's the arts or something else, you know, you just got to push all the way because there's, there's a lot of people out there and there's a, you know, just, uh, it's the main thing in life is, um, realize that, um, you're young now, but you won't be very soon. So work hard because as any history teacher will tell you, um, time passes quickly. And then, um, you're holding a microphone at 41, going bald, going gray, worrying about your finances, 
and um yeah yeah exactly happens i'm way more serious than people are going to expect on this so our last i'm question. trying to be i'm recorded so i'm trying to be careful yeah just in case they yeah, might exactly. listen so our last question is what so you can only choose one thing for your kids to leave here learning from you what do you want it to be Oh, were you asking about my own children no. earlier? Or yeah, my, your own children. Okay, but now my students. now students. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Sorry. This is hard to pick out what my students. I don't. Because I feel like most teachers really do only have one thing that their kids are, that their students are actually going to remember. Yeah, like there's, there's I think that ultimately what I'm trying to teach kids, um, forget the curriculum and all the facts and everything like that. I mean, overall, the main thing I'm trying to teach them is engage citizenry and, and understanding what are the core elements of our country, what are the main concerns, what are the questions. I'm not giving them the answers. They want the answers, but I'm giving them the questions. Um, I really want them, more than anything, to be critical, to have critical minds, to be able to make decisions for themselves through the things that they're doing in class. They're learning about ways to do that. I want critical thinkers and engaged thinkers. I want kind of I don't want to say, I mean, because I'm at the wrong school for this, but, you know, I want the kids to be, you know, nonconformist. I want them to challenge, you know, whatever they've learned or whatever they're told and really look at it in a deep and kind of meaningful way to get beneath the surface of um, what's being, what they're being told um, and what's being presented to them, to challenge a consensus by really forming their own well-informed opinions. Well, there you go. And to uh, enjoy um, fart jokes at the same time. Because especially in middle school, you really got to strike the balance between Flaubert, because you take French, and the fart jokes. That is great. So, like, that's the essence of of a good person is that balance. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So I want to say thank you for allowing me Yes, I'm sorry for making this so boring. It's No, it's not boring. Yeah, when I know I'm being recorded, I think I'm... um, much less entertaining than when I'm just, So I should just wiretap this room, actually. Yeah, if you just catch me riffing on all kinds of stuff, I won't have a job here for long, but it will make for a much more interesting podcast. I think this one's pretty enjoyable. Well, I probably didn't live up to the expectations of, uh, you know, completely off-the-wall stuff that the kids experienced in class. I don't know. We'll have to see the reviews. Yes. So. So, but the other thing, yeah, I don't really care what the reviews are, and that's what I want you to be like when you grow up. Don't care about the reviews. Don't care about the subscribers, the likes. Um, only care about the fart jokes. Only care about the quality and the care of your fart jokes. Because even the low brow should have an element of the high brow to it. Exactly. With the those words. Yeah, I think the yeah, juxtaposition, that's what life's all about. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Walton. Yeah, sorry for making this so boring. All right. Here we go.